The road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. Welcome to this episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. We're your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. Um, This show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. The Matthews Hope Foundation has a wonderful detox program inside St. Joseph's downtown, followed by two years of recovery coaching and free aftercare. It's a very unique model with IASIS and recovery support, and uh, people are getting and staying sober. So if you or a loved one would like any information about our program at all, please visit our website. It's a short URL, mhdrp.com. Org. That's right. Maherbt. Maherbt Erp. Yep. MHDRP.org. Or give us a call at 844-263-4673. That's 844-AND-HOPE. And you're checking us out on KPRC 950 in Houston. Um, our show plays Sundays at 1 p.m. on KPRC 950. Or, or, or you can check us out live if you're not in Houston on the iHeartRadio app on the KPRC 950 channel. Or after our show airs in the evenings on Sunday, they will then upload it as a podcast, Relevant Recovery Radio, and you can listen to that episode or any of the past episodes if you have nothing better to do with your life. Or, and you can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Just search Relevant Recovery Radio. We're right there and we share episodes there. Right. And if you've heard our past episodes, what we want you to do is log into Facebook or Instagram, <laughs> share, share it, our check show, it out, and, then and get, then off get off immediately. Yeah, get off immediately. <laughs> Don't. <clears throat> so, we want to do a little disclaimer today before we begin. So, if you're riding in the car and you got little ones with you, we're going to keep the show clean. Yeah. But we're going to talk about a touchy adult subject, something that is not talked about enough, I believe, especially after the research you and I have done over the last few days. Right. Just a little parental or uh, audience disclaimer that if things of sexual content or if little children are around, you may want to change the channel if if you feel that that's what you would like to do for you and your family. Because today we're going to talk about pornography addiction. Yeah. Um. Some call it the new drug. Yeah. Um, they call it the hidden addiction, the secret addiction. This is one that affects, well, w- one of the things we figured out is that 25% of all, all searches internet searches are porn related. That's crazy to me. That's crazy. Like 25% of all search related searches on I, the internet are porn related. I say that's crazy. I'm coming up on a year of no porn. Yeah. Um, I had an issue myself. And so we want to discuss this topic um, sensitively, but also really honestly, because yeah. um, you and I have walked through different journeys. My journey with the idea of porn addiction, I don't have one myself, but I have lived with or been married with men that that did mm-hmm. and i see how that affects that person and our relationship and so i can speak to it from almost like an al-anon sense right right and, well and and what we're finding is that it affects men women and the the most teenagers. disturbing is teenagers um 
And so I want to talk about like the four most common aspects around pornography addiction. Number one, pornography in today's age is so accessible. I want to talk about how accessible it is. When you and I were children or before that time, uh, it had to be like VHSs or magazines, right? But now everybody has a smartphone, including like 10-year-olds. That's the scary thing. It is accessible to everybody. With a click of a button, it's there and it's free. Well, and the way that the internet works, when you search a name, you may not be searching for pornography and you search a certain name. Do you remember years ago when that whitehouse.com? So literally, people were looking for the White House, and but it's, of course, whitehouse.org. But if they typed in whitehouse.com, I believe a pornography site came Really? Out. Yes. I didn't know about that. And so there's some tricky stuff out there. And so what they're doing is they're trying to get, again, just like social media, trying to get your attention. Right. And I think another issue with it is the, the anonymous aspect of it. Um, because you, yeah. you don't have to get found out. This is something that you can isolate and do in secret. And, and no one will know who you are on the internet or what you're looking at. It's with simple clicks of deleting search history and and you're anonymous. Well, and nobody knows you're doing it. Right. Right. With drugs and alcohol, after a while, there is some some external ways to see that somebody has a problem. But with pornography- Or even like with gambling or food addiction, uh, like the the financial struggles that come along with gambling addiction or uh, health and body issues that come along with food addiction. Those addictions are pretty uh, visible and obvious and a porn addiction's not. It can be anybody anywhere. And from the documentaries that we watched, there was pastors openly talking about their past struggles with it and and all walks of life from a 13-year-old boy to a pastor, like everybody. A 13-year-old boy that identified himself. I don't remember his name, so let's say it's Billy. Billy, a recovered porn addict. That that blew me away. That's that pretty he cool, though. That. Yeah. Yeah, because But he was 13. That's the, like... But that's crazy. That's scary. Yeah. Um, and, and so the, the thing that... we The reason we wanted to address this is because I know people in all walks of life who this affects. Yeah. Um, I struggled with it, yeah. you know, and I've had to do certain things to get recovered from it. Right. Um, I know people in church, out of church, in 12-step fellowships, people not in 12. I mean, it Mm -hmm. just, as you said, because it's anonymous, it's a problem across the board and it's an epidemic. And the reason we're doing it on this show is because it's called Relevant Recovery Radio. Porn addiction is real, but recovery from porn addiction is also a very real and possible thing. It's just taboo to be talked about because it is addictive. And we're going to go into the science of that in later segments on why it's addictive, how it's addictive, and what it does. And it's so similar. As we watch those documentaries, it is so similar on what it does to someone's brain that drugs and alcohol do. It's no different. It is addictive. Yep, yep. And that's why they're calling it the new drug. Um, and then it's also aggressive. Like like is. the way that social media and marketing and, and internet searches go, like you were talking about a minute ago, is it's aggressively placed in front of people from a younger and younger age. And so it's yep. something that we need to talk about and educate the public on. And I do believe, uh, you know, in our 12-step world, we don't believe in, I'm putting quote fingers in the air, triggers. But unfortunately, when it comes to pornography, there are triggers. I think you still deal with that with food, too. There, there are definitely things that can uh, cause someone to fall back into bad habits. Sure. Uh, and sure. so we want to talk about it from, from all aspects and, uh, and hopefully get to some truth and get to some solutions. So if you or a loved one struggles with porn addiction, tune in today. And we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Yeah, don't look at porn while we're gone. <laughs> 
Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. With, or, or you're not. Or, or you're they not today. Yeah. Uh, so sensitive subject in case you want to, you know, turn the channel. We're talking about porn addiction today um, from all sorts of different aspects of it. Um, before the break, we were talking about the anonymity and the aggressiveness and the addictiveness of it. And so I want to talk about the history of it for a moment, because you made a good point when we went to break, that when you were a kid, like, what was the avenues in which you obtained any porn? You know, it was more rare. It was really rare. So when I'm... And and what I want to think about here is that you have children as young as 10 years old accessing it on their mobile device today. Yeah. Um, When I was young... You were maybe by 12 or 13, you would get a hold of a magazine. Right. And then you would hide that magazine somewhere around the house, in your fort in the woods, whatever, and you would have just that. Yeah. And that would be it. And I don't want to say that magazines were not harmful, but there's only so much you can see in a magazine. Right. Right. And Um, so there's been a progression in the history of it, just like with anything. Right. But if you think about it, like even adults, like I know. Well, but, but then came along the VHS. That's what I was going to say, because uh, adults would have to go to those type of stores to buy those magazines or rent those VHS mm-hmm. tapes and, and run the risk of their wife finding it or, you know, or having to return it, possibly being seen by somebody. And none of that applies today. My parents had them. So oh. my parents had some VHSs. Oh, and you were able to like steal your parents's that we found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you would watch. And it, but here is the thing: watching these documentaries and, and these younger these kids talking about the reaction. It was the reaction that we had. So shock at first. Yeah. When you see the magazine, when you see a VHS, um, there is it's shock at first, but it's something that you you want to see more. It sparks because what something. was interesting that we we found out the science of it is that when you watch porn in any type or whatever, especially when it's new, when your mind is young, what happens is it actually releases a two hundred percent spike in dopamine, it's, which is like morphine, right? It's Straight like morphine, to the brain. right? It's the feel good endorphin, and so yeah. it's it's no different than a drug addict taking heroin or or cocaine or or one alcoholic with alcohol, whatever. Like there's this spike in dopamine that you're like, oh my gosh. Right? And it's a reward system. It's a reward system, just like Pavlov dog, ring a bell, get a treat, right? And so then that's where it gets, it starts rewiring the brain pathways. Well, and what a lot of people don't know is, so you, you look at the progression. So I'm a young kid and you got to find a magazine. Um, and, and you may then, not find another magazine for six months or a year, right? right. Like, so there's, there's very little progression to it. But And then t- at some point they had the VHS and now you could watch, a, you know, to see a movie, you had to go to a store or mm-hmm. a place that showed those kind of movies. Right. But now they put it on the VHS. Well, then from the VHS in the mid to mid to late 90s, early 2000s, then it hits the Internet. And here's the thing. Do you know what has pushed technology in the world? Pornography. Yeah. Pornography has pushed and grown technology. The biggest seller for the VHS was pornography. I didn't know that. Not regular movies? No. Wow. Um, And then you get into the internet. And one of the things that we were were learning when we were watching these things is that even your pay services. So when you go uh, online to buy something, just a normal, you know, storefront, Mm -hmm. the ability to pay online, the credit card, all of that was developed by the pornography industry. Mm. 
they needed to be able to take your money for what they were providing. Right. <clears throat> so it pushed the internet. It pushed the pay for services. It's it has pushed all of these things. So yeah. it's not fringe. It's not no. a small portion of the population. And I agree. And I think that what people don't realize, the reason that it's so uh, prevalent and problematic today with porn addiction, especially with like teenagers and, and young 20-somethings or college age, is because what they don't know is that the prefrontal cortex of your brain, it acts like a firewall, right? And so it recognizes like consequences are good or bad or don't do this or, or whatever. And that's not fully developed when you're young. It, it doesn't develop until you're in your early 20s. And so that's crazy. And so there's been a lot of studies and college studies. And, and Because that's what actually, so that, so what happens is that you, the, the porn delivers the 200% spike of dopamine to the brain. Right. It delivers it to the, what's called the nucleus accumbens, and then which is a front, it's in the frontal lobe. And then above it is the actual prefrontal cortex, right? I know we're getting into crazy words here, but I want you to understand what this means is that when it delivers this spike to a child, so the difference between somebody who's 10 and somebody who's 25 is this. When you're 10, your prefrontal cortex has not developed, but when you're 25, it has. What does that do for you? It lets you know that there's a risk, that there's possible issues, um, and that's why they call it sort of the firewall. This is where your because brain says- Because when you're says, older this is, and more mature, you know something's risky, you know something's dangerous, right. you know something- this is and, bad information. And, I need to stop and this. And 10 to 15-year-olds don't have that yet. Correct. So now what you're doing is you are delivering a 200% spike of do- dopamine into their brain, which is like shooting morphine straight into their brain, and they have nothing to I stop I never shot it. morphine in my brain. <clears throat> well- veins maybe <laughs> but that's weird so, but yeah but, i get what you're saying because it's like uh, they've done studies they've done cat scans right and it shows that when someone addicted to porn watches porn what lights up in their brain the their, pleasure centers the pleasure centers is the same thing as someone who takes a shot of alcohol or a shot of dope it's, right. it's, it lights up like a christmas tree identically right. and someone who does not have these problems with drugs or alcohol or porn their brain does not show that same uh light up like a christmas tree receptors our brains are different and so here's what happens is that you have a kid who's 10 14 16 19 whatever right <clears throat> with a developing mind that's now being rewired that's the problem is so now it's sort of like pavlov's dog ring the bell get a treat mm-hmm. Um, they know that when they watch this, this is all happening subconsciously, but when they watch this, they're getting a reward of that dopamine. Right. And, and, and so it's similar to any like drug addict or alcoholic. The cycle is the same. It, it, it causes a lot of social isolation, right? That's one of the big problems is this 15-year-old is going to go home and, and watch porn and mom and dad aren't home yet. And they don't realize that they're rewiring their brain. Well, And, and the way they're rewiring it is that um, I watch this, you know, and there's there's activities that follow right. that we don't need to say. Adults know what we're talking about. So when we talk about porn, we're talking about both of those activities. Right. You're watching and you're doing things, yeah. right? Have to be careful on the radio. Yeah. So they know that. So this kid is pulling his phone up. He's watching this thing that is exciting to him. It releases this dopamine. And what's happening now is he's it's creating a reward system. Right. And so with, with subconsciously, that's what rewires your brain. Right. And so subconsciously, what they don't know is they're going to withdraw from like social activity. But they're going to develop. But even a, prior to that, I think you're jumping ahead on that because I think prior to that, what's happening is every afternoon they come home, parents aren't home, they watch, they get a reward. Every afternoon they come home, their parents aren't, they watch. So what happens is, the brain starts to say, wait a minute, 
every time I do A, I get B. I get a reward. Yeah. Okay. And so now we've now got into a pattern. What happens even before what you're talking about is now the kid's having a bad day at school. He got a bad grade on a test. He got whatever. The brain automatically goes, I know where to find comfort. Mm-hmm. I know where to. And, and it gets to be so much just like when you were using drugs. Mm-hmm. There were times that you shot heroin in front of people you didn't want to. Yeah. At times that you really did not want to. Oh, absolutely. Because the ease and discomfort, the disease and discomfort inside of you was so great. Yeah. Right. So what this now creates is that you have a kid, an adult. We can just well, expand. That's what, this. That was kind of my point. Is this is not about porn addiction and just teenagers. Like this is across the board with men in their fifties and sixties too. Yeah. Like like and women and women. And so I'm just saying that we got to look at it from all aspects. It's causing a lot of problems in society. And and what progress it because some people's addictions progress differently. And so right. it can progress very slowly over the course of decades. Or, yes. it, or it can through have, that reward system. Through the reward system, or some people it progresses very quickly. Well, and so the thing about this is that it's not talked about, right? I think we all know that it's inherently wrong because nobody is sitting around bragging about the porn they watch today. Right. It's it's quiet. It's it's under the guise, or not the guise, it's a but it's life. just it's a secret life that people don't talk about. Right. So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about. The problems. The new drug. Yep, the problems associated with porn addiction. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. Donnie and Heather. Heather and Donnie. Hello. Today we're discussing uh, addiction to pornography. Yeah. So we're going to say again, if you uh, if you just tuned in and you've got kids in the car, you may want to turn it. I don't know. We're, we're going to keep it clean. We're on the radio. Um, we're not going to yeah, go into... Nothing explicit, but definitely have sexual content. Yeah, it's definitely adult conversation. Um, so once... But what we were saying during the break is that the stats show that 8 out of 10 men at some point in their life have struggled with porn addiction or porn. That's huge. And 3 out of 10 women. And so, like you said, what if it was heroin instead of porn? Like It, it would be getting the attention it deserves. Everybody would yeah. be noted, you know, and it would be just such a oh, obvious over, you know, epidemic. Because and here's because the problem. Because this is secret, as secret life, no one knows the the level of this epidemic. Because what I think is going on that people, again, don't know or do know is when you and I talked about social media addiction, Mm -hmm. in the social media realm, they use psychology and science to figure out how to just burrow into your brain. Right. Well, porn industry is no No different. different at all. No different. And so what they have figured out how to do is they take all that data, again, we call this AI. Or machine learning, yeah. Right, and so they take all the data, they compile it, and these computers are able to say, oh, this is Joe Blow logging in, and normally he chooses these. These are his genre that he likes. We're going to add those, and we're going to turn it up a little bit. Yeah. Because, again, they want him focusing in. They want his time. Right. And so, like, what's the problem with it? Like, so I look at it That's always. That's where I was headed. I look at it from, like, a drug addict and alcoholic perspective. Um 
if for a couple different reasons. But when we look at this, here's the deal. For a long time, I thought it was no big deal. Yeah. So here's the thing. From a drug perspective, all teenagers, mostly all, uh, experiment at some point in their lifetime with drugs or alcohol. Whether it's just marijuana or right. whatever. Alcohol, right. Alcohol, you know, college right. parties. like. But no one set, sets off to say, hey, I'm going to grow up and be a heroin addict. Not one person decides to do I that. I thought you did. I didn't. Oh, no. Okay. And and so I'm saying no one says, "Hey, I'm going to grow up and be addicted to pornography." Correct. And I think certain brain types are predispositioned along with the machine and AI learning targeting aggressively our minds and manipulating us. Not everybody that watches porn is going to become addicted and that's up to these our, our listeners to decide each person to decide for themselves but we're talking about pornography addiction and the risks of being actually addicted and what it does to your brain what it does to your life what it does to you socially i want to talk about why is it a problem why does anybody care why should we talk about it what does it cause well and and i think on those eight out of ten men uh i would bet you and, and this is a complete guess on my part again two idiots on a microphone so i'm guessing but i would bet that out of those eight three or four don't even recognize it as a problem. Right. Um, I didn't recognize it as a problem for a long time. I didn't think I'm hurting anybody. Right. I remember when we were dating and you talked about it nonchalant, like it was just something that it's not shocking. It's common. It all yeah. men do it. And I remember I was like gravely offended and worried um, because I saw the problem very differently based on my past experiences with other husbands and partners that had problems with it. And Why was it a problem for you? For in, me, from, in your last marriage, so in your last marriage, for several several different reasons, but I think that based on my experience and the documentary we you watched, as the wife, a lot of people think when I get married, this problem will go away. When I when I have a partner, I won't do this anymore. I'm yeah. only doing it because I'm single. And studies show, and, do, and my experience shows that's not true. How did it affect you? Uh, it affected me gravely. It felt um, like I was disrespected. It okay. felt like I wasn't attractive. It felt like I wasn't enough, which truth truth was in that marriage, I wasn't. What had happened with his pornography addiction is it had progressed through, I'll call it a tolerance issue, where it becomes more and more shocking, more and more whatever, that he could no longer be uh, turned on by a normal human female wife in front of him. Which sounds crazy, Sounds right? crazy, but based on all the stuff and the research we've done, that's actually what happens for a lot of people. Based on my experience, that's what happens. That 23-year-old had erectile dysfunction due to his porn addiction because of the same issue. Because yep. when you look at drugs or alcohol, if I'm a drug addict, my, my drug addiction started with tramadol. Progressed to Percocets, Laura, Laura says, whatever. And then it became heroin and all that stuff later on, right? There's a tolerance so issue. So it progressed to all the opiates. It progressed to harder, right? And yeah. so same thing in porn. The same things that work in the beginning, it has to, you have to up the ante. It has to become more shocking or more taboo or more fringe in order to get the same effect produced that you're looking for in your brain. And here's the thing that, <laughs> you know, looking back, it's hilarious when we look back over our lives. When I got sober, um, I did not see when it was happening to me how my drinking and drug use was progressing. I didn't see it. Yeah. Um, and even when I did, I didn't recognize the illness that I had. I didn't right. know. You just you think you need more to be okay. And when I look back at pornography, it's the same, same progression. Mm -hmm. So you you log on and you're looking for what we would call like just vanilla guy gal, and then. Well, now maybe it's the guy and uh, the neighbor's mom, or now it's like it gets dirtier. And so as you keep watching it, it has, it to, has to get more shocking. Mm -hmm. 
It has to get more taboo. It, I mean, there are, and I can tell you that I watched things on porn that I would never like today life. just choose to go watch. And I think so that's the risks of it. From my own perspective, what I saw is that this guy was choosing porn over people. Mm. I was no longer good enough. It had to be something that wasn't me. And so he was turning away from his spouse, away from his wife, to satisfy a need that I'm supposed to satisfy. And it was all due to this addiction with porn. He was very isolating. He was very, uh, you know, secret double life, mm-hmm. secret accounts and secret bank accounts and secret all this stuff. And and I just thought, man, this guy's so selfish. Like, mm-hmm. can he not see? Why doesn't he want me? Why am I not good enough? And and ultimately that play, and, and then later my drug addiction, but that, that's what destroyed that marriage was my drug addiction and in his pornography addiction. Because the other problem is this, and and I, and it's a belief that I have, and I'm almost afraid to say it on the radio, but I'm going to. Um, I believe that a lot of the. I'm really scared to say it. I don't know but if you I should think say it. You're worrying me. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say it that a lot of the trans things that are going on today, oh. a lot of the alternate lifestyles that are just okay today. Oh, it has a lot to do with the, the way the society has degraded due to the access of pornography. I really believe it. I really do because you have uh, kids, again, that don't have a developed frontal cortex. Mm-hmm. That's that's your risk, your sense. There's no firewall to say, hey, this is risky. We shouldn't be doing okay, this. Okay, so now they have either social media in their face 24-7. Um, or at least just porn on their phone when they're going to bed at night. Right, and you know? so they're inundated with all of this stuff that... You take a kid who's grown up in the country that doesn't have or care about a cell phone compared to a kid maybe that's in the city that's grown up on a cell phone, and I'll bet you they have two completely different lives, interests, yeah, and sets of Deep-seated beliefs morals. of morality. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so I think that from what I watched as a spouse looking on at this issue— um, I saw a lot of mood disorders that this created. He was very moody. He seemed very narcissistic. He had mood swings and anger issues. He had no drug or alcohol addiction, to my knowledge. Um, but I act, I absolutely felt completely powerless in relation to his porn addiction because he didn't see it as a problem. It was very secret. It wasn't talked about. Well, and so and I just always felt like I was in competition with something fictitious in digital world. Right. So you knew about it. You knew that he was watching it. Some. Uh, it found, uh, much later in the relationship, it all started to come so out. So like an aha, like this was the problem uh-huh. all along. Yeah. So I didn't know at first and obviously, uh, that he was rejecting me and all of this. And so I would try harder to get his attention and I didn't know at that time what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but later on when I accidentally found out and I wasn't snooping, I just accidentally found the collection and all this. And I was just shocked at the content. And I just remember thinking, no wonder he rejected me for three years. I can't yeah. compete with that. I don't look like that. I don't, you know, there was just, and I was just like, my gosh, this, this is, this is not a marriage. This is not true intimacy. It's a counterfeit. And we heard that on those documentaries of the guys growing up, the teenagers that grow up and watch that, they have just such a counterfeit idea of what a healthy sex life looks like that it ruins their real sex life. Right, because they have expectations that are way, way, way elevated. So, And, and the reason I asked you about that is because me as a person who had a problem with pornography. Now I'm coming up on a year sober of pornography. Which, which is really cool. 
Oh, I, I just got chills saying it because... Um, but I just, I, I've watched God do something in you because I didn't demand this. I didn't put some rule down. Like I, mm. uh, I just watched you battled internally with it. Okay, not okay. Hide it from me. Don't hide it from me. Whatever, you know. And I just put my boundaries for me on what I was okay with and what I wasn't okay with. And you honored that. Um, but I was afraid to tell you my boundaries. I remember when we were dating, I was afraid to tell you my boundaries with it because I was so afraid that that meant you were going to do it in secret completely. And just hide and it. And just hide it from me. And well, like a drug addict with drugs. Right. And so that's what that was what I was kind of shooting for is that when I had this problem, it was just like a drug addict or alcoholic. I, I didn't think I affected anybody. This is not, I'm not cheating. I'm not, I'm not bothering anyone. This is my own thing. So uh, hang out with us for a few minutes. We'll be right back and we'll wrap up today's show about pornography addiction. Recovery Radio, Heather and Donnie. Hi. So we are, uh, last disclaimer of the show, if you've just tuned in and you have kids in the car, you may want to turn the radio. We are keeping it uh, clean. We'll see. yeah. But, but sexual content. we are content. talking about an adult subject, um, pornography addiction. Yeah. And uh, Heather just finished talking about how she, as a wife, was affected yeah. Um, and I would say affected in your last marriage and this one. Yeah. Right. Because early on in our marriage, I had a porn addiction. Yeah. And I didn't even know it. Yeah. I think that there was a, an addiction battle going on within you and I couldn't have done anything to fix it. And I knew that. And I was just hoping and praying that um, you would find your your recovery pathway around that. Mm -hmm. And so that I could marry you and not be affected you know, well, by it selfishly, but also for you, because I don't think that's any way to happily live a life. Well, and I, like I said, I didn't know, just like when you're in drug and alcohol addiction, I didn't know that what I was doing was affecting anyone. The way I saw it was, hey, this is what I do in my time. I'm not bothering you. I'm not cheating on you. I'm not. And, and that is, that is really what, so we want to talk a little bit more about the effects, but I want to say real quick that I had come to a place in my life where God was asking more of me. Yeah. Um, I had I had started a journey to Christ um, about four and a half, five years into sobriety. I'm nine years sober, and I was sitting in. We had a a, a little room, a bedroom in our house that we had set up for our 12-step fellowship, our 12-step sponsorship work, Heather yeah. and I. And I was sitting in there one day, um, just sitting, praying, meditating, and just kind of calming my brain. And and this thing came over me like a download, because prior to this moment, I would have told you that what I'm doing isn't bothering anyone. I'm not hurting anyone. This is my own thing. I'm not, this is my outlet. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't recognize the, the negative effects. Now, mm -hmm. post- there was a lot of negative effects that I went, oh, it's always in the rear view, right? It's always right. looking back going, oh my gosh, I never saw But in this moment, you had what we call a God download. I had a God download. It was it was instant. It was instantaneous uh -huh. where God showed me exactly, and I would have never come up with this. Um, I would have never thought about this. And God said, this is how 
it affects you. And in a moment, I had this download that said, okay, um, you're stealing energy from your wife because you're putting energy into this other source. You are um, not 100% present with your wife when in sexual act, Yeah. right? You are raising your expectations on your wife's performance based on what you see Mm-hmm. in pornography like all of this stuff in a moment i knew it i knew all of it i knew all of the effects how i was affecting you what i was doing when two minutes ago i, I thought that i wasn't bothering anybody so like god the showed scales me that came off your eyes in an instant in an instant i knew that what i was doing was not okay and it was not okay in our marriage it was not okay for you it was not okay for me like it was just it was and the see, weirdest i didn't know that that had happened that uh I, you at that point you started verbalizing little bits here and there to me of your conviction around it of your i uh, think i had started confession with you yeah. to let you know that what i was struggling with and because the thing is that once I had that download, once I believe God gave me what I needed to He was going to hold you accountable to that truth from that point forward. But it wasn't just him holding me accountable. It was that now I know I have a problem. Yeah. Because once that I got that download, it's like, all right, I'll quit. I'm yeah. done. Now that I see the effect that I have, now that I see that I'm stealing energy, now that I see that I'm stealing focus, now that I see that I'm asking more out of my wife than she deserves to be asked, now that I see that I'm not present with her, now that I see at times she's not good enough, that's not fair and that's not okay. Now I want to quit. And now guess what? I can't quit. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. I didn't until that moment realize that we have a problem here. Yeah. Um, because prior to that, I didn't want to quit. Right. And you didn't so, see a reason for it. No. Like like anybody that still justifies their food or their gambling or their lottery tickets or their Gucci bags or whatever it is. And so now when it would happen, because I didn't just quit, I didn't just go, okay, God, you got it and quit. Right. Right. Now the struggle begins because now when I watch... Now you feel Horn. guilty. Now oh. you feel convicted. Now oh. it's no no different than a 12-step program running your drinking, right? Right. So now you've had this spiritual God download thing. And so now what used to be a source of ease and comfort is is now a thorn in your side. And it's and it really bothered me. And it was causing a lot of guilt and shame where there wasn't so much of that guilt and shame before. Right. Um, and so then you Do you know, think I, a lot of men struggle with that? Like, a, 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 I don't think teenagers have quite the grasp on on that but as you get older in your 30s 40s 50s do you think men that struggle with porn addiction deal with a lot of guilt and shame of the Jekyll and Hyde the double life once once they're aware of it I do think so I think okay here's the thing is that we all s- sort of inherently you know the world likes to argue whether or not morals are real or not and who has what morals your truth versus my truth it's just the truth but whatever that that's my point the point is is that Within every man, woman, and child is a fundamental idea of God. We yeah. know this, right? Because um, I believe there's and just if men the truth. didn't, if men didn't inherently know that this was not okay, we'd be talking about it. Mm-hmm. It'd just be like, hey, so I saw this porn the other day and had blah, blah, <laughs> blah. It was really great. Like, nobody talks like that. No. People aren't doing that. Because they know they should hide it, just like I knew I should hide my heroin addiction. Right. You it's know? that subject that's just not talked about because inherently the people that are watching it know that what they're watching is not okay. Yeah, but 
even if this isn't a moral failing, though, just no different than drug addiction or alcohol addiction is a moral failing. What the what the literature says is that we do have moral and philosophical convictions galore, but due to our self-centeredness, we can't live up to these ideas, even though we would like to. We can wish and right. try on our own power, but we have to have God's help. Right. That's the whole reason for a 12-step fellowship is to figure out how to apply God's help to these problems I'm powerless over. Correct. Correct. And so... And so basically you have this this problem that you don't know is a problem. It's affecting your spouse or a girlfriend or your work or other things. Mm-hmm. You don't even realize it. It's affecting you and, and you don't even realize it. And now it's going to be affecting <clears throat> that person's self-esteem, like like how they see themselves as a person. Yeah. Like there's going to be so many aspects of harm that this addiction causes. Some of the documentaries you and I watched blew me away. Okay, talking about the dopamine delivery, the mm-hmm. Pavlov's dog response, the... It's now a release. Now your brain is craving And the people it. that have done this for decades, it rewires their brain. What about the one? So we watched a, I don't remember what, it's one of the big ones, right? One of the big Harvard. Anyways, they do a study and they're actually doing MRIs on people's brains. They had 19 people that were regular porn watchers and 19 that were not. And they are actually showing that the brain shrinks over time. What? The brain shrinks? Over time, watching pornography, your brain shrinks. Is this why you're stupid? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What? No, I think that people should take a look at that, right? Right. But no different than uh, drinking for years on end creates Alzheimer's. But I think the reason people aren't taking a look at it is more people aren't talking about it. So. Uh, I think we are in agreement. There's a lot more to talk about here, and that we're yeah, going to pick this even, up. Yeah, because we haven't even we haven't even got show. to half of of the problems and the right. risks associated with it, and the and science. none of the solution. And we've talked about none of the solution because here I am coming up on a year. How sober did you do from, it? You know, I want to talk about that. I really do because there's a lot of help out there. Uh, uh, Everywhere, every state, throughout this nation, well, there's a lot of help out there. And so there's we- a couple of websites I picked up that I'd like to plug, and I hope they're okay with it. Uh, there's one that is rebootnation.org. Yeah, that guy was great. Uh, and another one is called fightthenewdrug.org. If you are suffering with a pornography problem, and you know what? I didn't have it today, but I will bring it. Next week, we will bring some resources for you. Yep. 12-step fellowships or whatever, because you can't do it alone. That's what I found, is right. you cannot do it alone. Yep, we do recover. And so if if anyone wants any more information, we're going to do part two next week about porn addiction. Uh, if you would like any information about Matthew's Hope, please visit our website, mhdrp.org, or give us a call at 844-263-4673. And don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Hashtag God, though. Thank you.